Coming up next, the bookening discusses how you like Duncow. Hey everybody, my name is Nathan, I'm your humble and obedient host. Yeah, in my brain I think that was like how you like dumb apples, but I turned it into how you like dun cow. I don't think that that's a series of mental associations that anyone else was really going to be able to follow, except for maybe. I, I, I didn't follow it, and yeah. I can follow some of your wilder associations, but not that one. <sighs> well, my name is Nathan, I am your humble and obedient host. We got press me. Jacob Metzl. Yep, that's the, me. The everyone's favorite windows operating system you remember <laughs> me yeah i remember that oh man windows 95 was pretty great windows 95 was a state-of-the-art wonderful operating system for whatever reason my family always did the opposite of what was right for, for all my growing up years like we had apple like when Steve Jobs was on the Fritz and they hadn't figured it out before the iMac, before the MacBook, before before iPhone. Like we had Apple kind of in that weird well after that, you know, so the, the two times commercial. that you maybe ever wanted to own uh, Microsoft was 95 and maybe XP. Right, exactly. And in 95, we had Apple. And then I suppose we probably had Microsoft by xp i remember xp but i specifically remember me i remember putting up with them yeah, me for a terrible. while so we sort of cycled through and would just follow the trends exactly the wrong way off yeah oh man we sure did miss out for the last five years on microsoft yeah this microsoft millennium is gonna be great that's what me stood for i guess right yeah it was the millennium edition yeah the millennium edition so yeah, that is neither here nor there. I feel like I had another interesting, entertaining, or informative thought about old operating systems. Oh, I was just going to say we were a Nintendo family and mm. not a Sega Genesis or PlayStation family. Yeah, we jumped a little we, later in my life. We jumped from Nintendo to straight over to Sega and then stuck with PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, we just, we were... And then I never pivoted to Xbox ever, although some of my little brothers did. I've probably held an Xbox controller in my head hand once. I mean, I played it I, some in college. You had to play Halo in college with some friends every once in a while, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready to learn a new system or buy a new system or anything like that. So I just sort of checked out on video games. Well, I've said this many times on and off mic, but I feel like there's a generational gap between me and my younger brothers, me being a millennial, and I suppose they're probably millennials too. I don't know. I don't forget where the dividing lines are. They might be Gen Z, but I cannot, my brain doesn't really work Halo wise. The the double joystick, like I, I didn't quite make the leap to that. I like side scrollers. I like Mario bopping along and jumping on bad guys and yeah, stuff I'm, like that. I'm much more comfortable with the side scrollers. I think the PlayStation helped me out so I can I can still play some some modern games but definitely there is a there's still a gap between me and my my bro like even just 
excuse me, even just from a, a psychological standpoint, like my family didn't, almost all of my gaming happened at my mom's house where we had like the family console. Mm-hmm. And by the time, and at my dad's house, we didn't have a console at all. Right. Because, yeah, video games. It was just the way that yeah, my yeah. parents were. But by the time I came back from college after my freshman or sophomore year, my brothers had TVs and consoles in their rooms. Right. At my dad's house. It was just like yeah. the, the switch happened. It happened fast. It happened while I was in college. It was too late for me. Yeah. So I've decided not to do that to my child. The, the, the classic. Don't do like, it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a TV in her room already. I'm, I'm oh, like, I see. Uh, yeah. I, I, what I'm not going to do is, oh, I'm going to be a, the better parent and keep her away from and then just give up like halfway through, which is what every parent ever has done. Not me. Yeah. Besides Jake. It's not true that we didn't have a TV for the first, I don't know, seven, half, first half of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and you certainly, if, if that was true, we you did, still we did. We, we, we had a, a TV in our, our bedroom, but not in the living spaces, for sure. Well, you know what happens with people who don't have TVs? They just end up watching stuff on their laptops. Yeah. Or their phones. Well, have- back, then, back then, streaming wasn't as easy or ubiquitous. It would have been... Like we, I mean, I remember, so we had a, we had a Netflix DVD subscription for a minute mm-hmm. and then actually the convenience of Redbox was, was uh, a big deal for a little bit before streaming kind of just became so easy mm-hmm. and nice and high quality. Yeah. And then when you could pick and choose and be your own curator, then it was much easier to, to have it be a, in our living room again. Well, and we're teaching Theo early. She's got her little bouncy thing. We set her down in it. It's We've tied different remotes that just dangle there. She's got three or four mm-hmm. screens. Screens we've, and you know, the iPad. We've got HBO over here, Netflix over there, Hulu over there. Mm-hmm. We want her to Where's be a Disney fully. Plus? Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't care that much about Disney Plus. It's a little. It's a little beneath know, her. Been there, done that. Yeah. I mean, that she's. Was, that was gestation. That was nine months in the womb. Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah. And now she's beyond it. Yeah. Quite frankly, she has a good reason not to like Disney Plus because when the water broke, we were watching Mulan, not the classic '98 version. Oh, the, the crappy uh, live-action version—the one where she summons her chi and then beats everybody up—and it's the most terrible thing that anyone's ever put to film. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and so that—that that was actually what made Theo like, <laughs> "I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be part of this." So. She kicked that water loose, or I don't know how water breaks, but that's that's the <laughs> true story. Meredith's I'm actually sort of being serious. Not I mean, obviously I'm not being serious about my four month year old daughter having any kind of media diet, but I do have this vague notion that I'd like her to be media savvy, and that means I have to find a godly way to lean into it as opposed to lean away from it. I mean, even I and I'm not even making a generalized statement about all children. I'm just saying, my kid. I'm gonna want to share those things with her. So, better figure out how to. But then I also wanted to like books and stuff. So I don't know. What should I do, Jake? You've got lots of experience. Uh, read to her a lot as a kid, and I think keep her away from the screens pretty for the first several years of development, and introduce her slowly, but keep it casual and low key and. Loki, like only show her. Only show her Norse... lo- uh, Marvel's Loki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can do that. 
That'd be great. It's hard, man. It's hard figuring this stuff out, but good luck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, she has to develop a love for the written word, and that's not going to happen if she just has 24-7 access to screens. So, I mean, maybe there's a reason that every parent makes the same stupid, eh, we're not going to do TV, and then around the time their kids get to be teenagers, they just give up. Maybe that's the right time to give up. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm being hyperbolic, people. I don't mean give up, but, you know, I'm, I'm describing a common sort of thing. I never played nearly as many video i mean we didn't have video game systems when i was a kid but then my brothers just like you said they had video game systems <sighs> Duncow. speaking of games jay and katie who are cold and love cheese are maybe playing a game with us because they asked us to read this book and they may regret that game or jay already said reached out and said i might regret this game that i'm playing because Maybe you guys will just stomp all over this book and be your nasty, he didn't put it this way, but I think he basically meant be your nasty, sharp-tongued, eviscerating selves to this book that I kind of like. And so maybe I should not have asked you to read this. Hmm. What do you think about that? I don't think we're going to be our usual nasty, sharp-tongued, eviscerating. I mean, we are will, we, but... Are we usually nasty? Yeah. I mean, we once <laughs> said that C.S. Lewis was less than the greatest man who ever lived. Oh, that was pretty nasty of us. And we didn't like Wheel of Time, or Wheel of Time, uh, Wrinkle in Time. And... Maybe we should do Wheel of Time sometime. Oh, shoot me. Yeah, people love it. I know people love it, but... Adults love it and come back to it. I mean, we have a mutual friend that's that just finished Wheel of Time. and uh, We've got more than one m- mutual friend that's read it. I and mean, I've read several, so I'm not... I've not read any. I don't know anything about it. Listen, the investment to nutrition ratio is a little bit thin on that one. I mean, you're talking 14 books or something like that, and they're all bohemoths, and you're going to get less of anything useful or beautiful or transcendently entertaining even than you would out of, say, a Harry Potter book or a any number of fine entertainments. I mean, it's fine. I get people just like to get lost in those worlds. And Robert Jordan created a big old world for people to get lost in. And I have some sympathy for that. That's I guess that's an okay way to And then he touched the pine needles. And And then he touched the, the pine needles and the bridge. Did the bridge blow up? Did he actually do his job? I think he did, did his job. Did it work? I mean, of course he did his job. He's a Hemingway hero, but did the sharks eat the marlin or did the, in this case, did he actually get the marlin to shore? He got the marlin to shore. There you go. Did we say that Brandon's not here? (laughs) We did at some point, whether or not it's in this take or not, I have no idea. Brandon had a minor work emergency come up, minor in the sense that his office isn't flooding, his children aren't on fire, but major in the sense that he won't be joining us today. And he's fat. Mm-hmm. We were lying last week. Yeah. Yeah. When someone's become as morbidly obese and you can't even stand to look at them anymore, you just start saying that they're thin. Yeah. Try to speak it into existence. It's the only thing that's left, right? <laughs> Try to speak it into <laughs> existence. Let's repeat the affirmation daily. You know what Brandon I should is say? Thin. Brandon, Brandon is thin. Is thin. Yeah, me and Jake are big on affirmations. I mean, if you've ever wondered how we got to be so successful, mega why. It's the daily daily affirmations that we say to ourselves in the mirror. 
Daily affirmations. Yes. I just, just this morning I was saying, Brandon won't come. Brandon won't come. come. Look what happened. Yes. He spoke into existence. Hey, speaking of Brandon, I just want to make it very clear that I said a number of things because Brandon made the comment that Sophie and Tal's Moving Castle reminded him a little bit of his wife. And so (laughs) how could one not make the jokes that, you know, Brandon's wife is like the negative aspects of Sophie? I mean, if somebody said, Jake reminds me of Thanos, and they just meant, because he's muscular, obviously, you'd say, he he wants to destroy half of humanity and is purple? And also his chin. Greatest analogy in podcasting award goes to Nathan (laughs) right now. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) You Uh, won. Yes. (laughs) What's that? Yep. I'm just getting a text from the podcasting commission. I won. Best analogy in podcasting. <laughs> it's really great. Good job. <laughs> Woohoo. Hey, sure. our work here is done. I think we should just yeah. uh, shut down the shut down the show. <sighs> we can't do that. We still have to talk I about think you need to apologize. Guys. I think you actually need yes, to say that's, Anna, that's I'm what sorry. I was trying to do. Yeah, Anna, I'm sorry. You are a wonderful person. You are not uh I, I don't even want to repeat them. You aren't any of the, the bad things that Sophie is, either spiritually or physically. And man, I'm such a goober that it sounds like i'm being insincere as i say this but <laughs> i don't know how to say it in a way that sounds more sincere anna you are wonderful and you've been very kind and loaning us brandon all these years and we love you and you know you've always been a big supporter of the show and um by the way folks i'm not saying this because i heard anything about anna having bad feelings or reaching out or anything like that or because brandon was like hey nathan because anna's cool and probably wouldn't do that but i just felt bad so if anyone was tempted to think that brandon's wife is in fact a ugly old hag she's not at all true quite the opposite so there you go dun cow how about that how about dun cow hey fun fact about dun cow it's written by walter wengren who he wrote it here in evansville indiana he's a professor at university of evansville professor of literature and lutheran pastor here in town for a really, really long time. He's not here anymore. He's up at Valparaiso, but yeah, for a long time, he lived in Evansville. That's where he wrote The Dun Cow. He's professor of literature here at University of Evansville. And uh, there's also a fun story about Tim Bailey and his wife planning to come down and join some kind of commune or intentional Christian community with Walter Wengeren and another guy at some point. But uh, apparently Wengeren wigged him out, so... Wanger and wigged him out. I can't imagine why. He seems like such a spiritual guy. That would have been back in like the 70s or something like that, I guess. Or maybe early 80s or I don't know. Now, he comes from the more liberal strain of Lutheranism, correct? Like he's the bad Lutheranism. I don't actually actually know. I think so. Oh, yeah, because we were talking with one friend, Our good friend and patron, Anthony. The Artful Anthony Dodgers mm-hmm. uh, was actually here in town passing through visiting us on a bourbon with some friends. Stopped by Evansville right on the river there, Kentucky border and Kentucky, famous for its bourbon. So mm-hmm. stopped by and actually told us he was embarrassed that somebody like Walter Wengren bears the title of Lutheran pastor. So That's right. That's right. And explained that there are two streams and... Wangeren is definitely part of the liberal 
less well, biblical. Well, I've always known that the Missouri Synod Lutherans are among the very best Lutherans, and Evansville has a lot of Missouri Synod Lutherans, a more conservative stream, but right. I don't know what the offhand what the name of the other synod is, but yeah, and it's he, not he must belong to the other synod. So let's see. He's oh, I think he's the Evangelical Lutherans, which I I did know were bad. Yeah, probably it's ELCA, I mean, yes, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Is that it? I mean, it's not like the Wikipedia editor thought that it would be useful to ELCA. No, yeah, outspoken bio. Yeah, he's an ELCA pastor. Yep, yep, yep. There we go. Yep, yep. I remember now. Put it together. So, anyhow, just a fun little. Evansville connection for you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Evansville has a couple claims to fame. They we have the ball stadium where they shot the woman don't cry in baseball movie. Oh, they're escaping own? me right now. Yep. And uh, somebody that I'm friends with has a Tom Hanks story. I have Tom Hanks and Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell stories and stuff like that. Right around here, some of them yep. do at least. Yep. The best Tom Hanks story that someone told me is that their dad or somebody was working as an extra on the movie, and they said to Tom Hanks, I love all your movies. And Tom Hanks cocked an eyebrow and said, have you seen Joe versus the Volcano? Which is a pretty charming thing for Tom Hanks to have done. And then what's our other claim to fame? Rami Malek went to one of our universities. He went to the University of Evansville. There's some famous athletes that have been from Evansville that the set pieces for Roseanne were filmed in Evansville. That's right. That's so, right. Just just the kind of boilerplate shot that they'd go to of like the outside of her house and her house bar and stuff like that. The bar and then the the church, the the Roman Catholic Church mm-hmm. that they go to because those creators are from Evansville. And so well, there's, there's some other stuff like that, but yeah. In any case, Walter Wangerin came here and was here and taught and did things and yeah there you go he wrote so, dun cow here that's wrote all dun cow here yes one of the most momentous literary <laughs> events <laughs> i'm just trying to make jay more scared e- e- evansville people are so proud of it that i didn't even realize it until somebody else told me so well i mean i walked into the local coffee shop and they saw i was from out of town and then they said hey did you know Langren wrote <laughs> dun cow <laughs> dun here, cow here? <laughs> and i was like whoa <laughs> Are you Mind serious? Blown. <laughs> Mind blown right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, prime there's for the always next a great uh, bit of literature to be written here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Duncow Part 2. I'm working on it right now. There there's always a, a crowd of sequel, like thousands there? of... What's that? Yeah, he is, did. Yeah. He, he wrote two, but I'm doing like a, a soft reboot. It's it's like, what's what's the, the new uh, Star Wars called? The Adventures the of one? Cockatrice. Yeah, I'm doing The Adventures of Cockatrice. <laughs> Rise of Cockatrice. <laughs> what, what is it called? <laughs> uh, visions. You know, this book is pretty good, I think, and I think I like it, but it's also pretty fun to dunk on. So have patience, Jay, because we are going to eventually, over I the course fun of with it. a few podcasts, get to saying some nice things about this book, I think. Although it, it was weird. I don't know. Well, Brandon's not here to provide context. I guess he'll probably, we'll do this backwards. He'll do context next time. But I think I just did. I think I provided all the necessary context right there. Yeah, he wrote it in Evansville. You can That's go down you to, to know. 
the house where he wrote it, it's usually mobbed by, by fans. <laughs> thousands of people. Yes. Thousands of people did. <laughs> Taking selfies. <laughs> it's Posting annoying, it on, actually. On Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's tourist it's, destination. You know, you got to be careful driving around there because you know it's kind of like an international hotspot, and people don't really know the the way to to act in Midwest. Yeah, not not to United not States. to be racist, but you know, you always got the Japanese Dunkow fans with their yeah. cameras and making yeah, peace signs make, and making peace signs. <laughs> <laughs> the european ones though i mean they can all speak english for the most part so that's that that helps but you, you gotta watch like around there people might be driving on the wrong side of the road so just be careful yeah no well it is such a great industry though it's kept this town afloat <laughs> wangerin fans just come through it's all know, we have really right to... <laughs> yeah we, we but we you can sell your little knickknacks you know every gas station has its little dun cow keychains and well well fun fact the house that he grew up in was bulldozed and so there's like fragments of brick and 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 wood and drywall that you can just get at various places across town and and you have to be really careful about being sure you get something that's authentic you know because it's pretty easy to fake that sort of thing yeah no you man the amount of <laughs> fake <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty proud of myself for keeping a straight face <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of fake duncow merch and Wangarin stuff, and I mean, people will sell you a shirt that Wangarin supposedly wore, or a Gatorade bottle that he drank out of. You well, know. and and what's most interesting is that there are a bunch of chicken farmers around here that claim to have the true line of of uh, the the chicken that inspired the rooster that inspired the uh, the stories. So, yeah, well, I've been in Evansville now for almost a year, and I still haven't seen the bones of cockatrice. I mean, that's like <laughs> that's the thing. Like, yeah. That's exactly. The, me and my wife, I mean, we've been meaning to go. It's hard to get tickets, though. That's the thing. Yeah, they get um, expensive. Tom Hanks couldn't even get tickets when he was here filming A League of Their yeah. Own. So. <laughs> yeah, they, they, run a, they, 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 they let in uh, Madonna because. Yeah, which, they're like pictures on the internet of her posing with the, the bones of cockatrice. But yeah, I didn't feel like. Um, they didn't really let Tom Hanks. They didn't give him a pass. So. I thought that Madonna could have been, uh, you know, a little less. Uh, she didn't really need to do her whole Madonna thing with the with the bones of cockatrice. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Pretty taste. weird. The people of Evansville kind of hated her for that. There was like this thing at Robert Stadium, which is now uh, gone and destroyed, where uh, Evansville people wrote like like Madonna and with a big circle with a line through her name, and like you could take it. The news took a picture from the helicopter from the sky and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You can find that. That's because of some of the. Th- <laughs> Some of the poses that she took with the bones of cockatrice. So yes, it's very disrespectful. And well, now that and, I, th- and I think that that explains why Tom Hanks didn't didn't go or, or didn't use his celebrity status to get at the head of the line. I think he probably tried to buy a ticket and just couldn't like couldn't get through the lines. He went through like a normal person. Yeah, Hanks but, is he's gonna he, he understands that the bones of cockatrice are, are a much bigger draw than he would ever be, and he's not gonna try and step on that. He's a classy guy, and uh, yeah. You know what? If you are a patron, I am going to be sure that you see this image that I am I'm telling you about. We're going to put it behind the paywall. Mm-hmm. I'm sending it to Nathan right now. All right. Let me see here. Yes. No, that's the wrong one. Hang on one second. There you go. Okay. 
Oh, yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's not they, a joke. They is that a people? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people formed a giant Madonna and crossed it out. And it was yep. all because of the way that uh, yeah. Well, this is all true. I know people think we were making some kind of a mocking allusion <laughs> to the, the relative no. obscurity of no. It doesn't count. Yeah, there was actually it was just voted down by the stupid liberal city council, but uh, we were going to change the name to Wangaria. Was actually we were be- we were, and we also had a, a referendum to to redesign our city flag, and the city flag was going to be going to have just a big rooster on it, and and me and Nathan and Ben, we all voted in this thing, mm-hmm. and uh, we voted for the rooster, but I think probably most people did, but. I think most people think the 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 vote was rigged. So then we got some dumb communist Muslim looking thing. Yeah, it is actually quite dumb. But yeah, so hopefully we'll see if we can swap out a few city council members and Wangaria will be a reality. Yeah. We have won a lot of battles. The 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 capital of the city, the the courthouse is called the the Mondo Cunny Courthouse. Yep. The Mondo Cunny Courthouse. And we've got the Walmart has actually been called Worm. Walmart's not allowed to brand itself as Walmart in city limits. So you can be in the county and be Walmart, but mm. in city limits, it has to be Worm mm-hmm. by edict of the mayor. It's going to be exciting. You know, it might sound a little crazy, but when my second child, hopefully a boy or a girl, either way, they're going to be named Walter. Yeah. When they are born, they are going to love to live in Wangaria. I mean, my family calls it Wangaria. I mean, that's part of why we moved here and wanted to plant a church was to get critical mass to rename the place. Right. That's I mean, really... Let's be honest. That's the main reason, really. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> All the reasons are subordinate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that picture amazing? That picture is amazing. So, yeah. folks, this really is a... And I will put this uh, on behind the paywall, patreon.com forward slash the bookening. It is a bunch of people crossing out forming Madonna's name out of humans, one of those hands across America kind of things, and then forming a big cross house. And, and what did, I guess we can admit, we may have been exaggerating Walter Wangerin's influence <laughs> on Evansville a little bit, a little bit. But what did Madonna actually do to make the people of Evansville so angry? She was just a nasty person while she was here. and did an interview with like TV guide or something like that compared it to, to Prague and yeah. So I don't know, something like that. People remember Tom Hanks fondly and thought he was sweet and people liked, you know, he was just probably what you would expect of Tom Hanks. He was just sort of a man of the people while he was around and Mm -hmm. around town and that sort of thing. And Madonna was too good for, Everybody or everybody projected that onto her, and she said some nasty things um, in interviews. So yeah, to be fair so. to Madonna, would you really have it any other way? I mean, isn't that kind of what people want from Madonna? At the end yeah, of the exactly. She's playing to type in that sense. Like, so she's a star at that time, especially she was a yeah, star a with deal. a capital S. I mean, she so. was. Arguably, you know, short of Michael Jackson and who I don't remember who else would have been big at that exact time, but Madonna would have been like you the can biggest. Even, you can even imagine her PR rep staging the whole photo thing in the first place, right? Like, yeah, 
She's not supposed just play to go somewhere and not make comments and not make a splash and impression. And, yeah, yeah, people. She she needs to be in the local news for something. Like it, it just always in the press, always in the cycle, always finding a way to be in the news cycle and being protested here or there and going to some small, mid-sized midwestern city and ruffling feathers is just the way to do that. Right. Well, and Madonna is nothing if not the prototypical person who's thoroughly in charge of her own press. You know, I mean, she, none of these things happen outside of her control. Yep. So, in any case, when this city is finally, when all our plans come to fruition and it is re-christened, when Gary, Madonna will be begging to come and play here. That's right. But. She won't get a spot on the, on the stage. Yeah, no, she's the ugly old hag at this point. No matter how much plastic surgery she pays for, she is not welcome in Wongaria. Yep. Jake, what baggage did you bring? (laughs) (laughs) Book of the deck, yeah. I I didn't have any baggage. I had no associations, no mental associations, barely familiar with the name of the book. So I just kind of came hoping, expecting something fun and hopefully not too farmhousey. And... It wasn't that. It was no. Whatever was else you want to Way more mythologically cool in that sense. But that's about it. I really didn't have anything else. Yeah i I had some associations because I'm trying to remember. Did he write a book called the? I think I probably grew up with him writing like a a column in the Evansville Courier or something like that, a religious column, but. Huh. Interesting. Not enough to register for me. Didn't didn't make a impression. Yeah. Yeah. So in the year 1996, everybody's favorite year, Independence Day came out. The Book of God came out, which was Walter Wangaren's The Bible as a novel. So it was kind of he just took the Bible and made it into a novel. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. He, you know, filled in some details and stuff like that and uh, rewrote it novelistically. And somebody, I think probably my mom or dad, got me that book for Christmas because Nathan likes the novels, novels and, and stuff. And it's the Bible as a novel. You know, it's the kind of, it's, it was the kind of thing that I would have been given for Christmas. And I remember feeling the fact that it was the kind of thing that I would have been <laughs> given for Christmas. Like, oh, yeah, you, you think you can you think you can dissect me with this blunt tool, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. That feeling. You're the, I'm sure, Jake, you had your own, you know, you're the sports kid. So here's this lame thing that combines exactly. sports and Jesus or whatever. There's, a, there's yeah. always that kind of thing that. You got to love parents and grandparents. They're trying their best. I, I don't, as a kid, I was kind of looked down on it. Now it's just like, well, what, what were they supposed to get me? But in any case, I remember this yeah, book. It's, it's, I mean, this isn't, it's not sports and Jesus, but it's like your grandparents know you like baseball and baseball cards. So they go to some store and get a bunch of a whole big bag full of rejected cards for cheap. Right. And there's a whole lot of baseball cards. That all suck and are off brands and what are you going to do with them? But throw them away. But no, they're yeah, being sweet. Aunt, aunt, they're aunt, trying. Aunt Elizabeth is at the used bookstore and she sees like the book of baseball f- 
stats or something yeah, like that. Yeah, from 1987. And from 1987. And, <laughs> and you just end up with a little collection of whatever the thing is that you've yep. been defined as. Yep. And which is fine. It's Aunt Elizabeth trying to be nice and it's, you know. Doing I mean, her best. Yeah. Yeah. People doing their best. So as I always a kid, look back on that stuff and feel bad and sad. I just hope that I was kind and acted excited and I don't trust that I did. Yeah. But I hope that my whatever better nature I possessed at that time won Took out. Over. Yeah. And I mean, I was probably at least polite, but hopefully I was polite in this way where I actually gave the impression that maybe I was excited because I, f- I feel bad about the idea of someone caring enough to, oh, yeah, Nathan likes such and such. Here's the lame thing. And then, and then me not. Do you, do you have anybody in your family that was always a perfect win that you just like? Like their gift giving was always perfect? Yeah. Like everybody else could try and fail and whatever. But you know, if you went over to Uncle Joe and Aunt Sophie's house, you were going to get something cool, something legit cool. And you, made, you, you even came to trust that, well, I don't know what this is but I know that it's cool. Right. Not like that. I mean, there were people, you know, you knew that this set of grandparents was the money set of grandparents and there were things like that, but I don't know that I had like, just like uncle Bob, he gets it kind of thing. I take it. You did. I did. Yeah. I still do. My kids still get like, like as a parent, it's like, I look and I think, well, I see people trying. I think things have changed some where mom and dad get to provide a little bit more direction here and there and make sure mm. actual cool things happen. But there's always going over to this one house and I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be cool. And my kids are going to come away with some really cool things. Mm-hmm. So it's neat. That's cool. Well, yep. shout out to those people. Aunt Teresa and Uncle Mike. Aunt Teresa and Uncle Mike. Shout out to Aunt Teresa and Uncle Mike. I know they're steadfast listeners to the podcast. <laughs> so in any case, I got this, the Bible is a novel, the book of God, and I think was genuinely intrigued. Like, oh, I wonder how this was. And we were the kind of, you know, we were the proto, not the prototypical, but we were a typical plugged into the evangelicalism of the time. You know, we got the magazines. Christianity Today was around kind of family. I mean, we were kind of on the dark outskirts of that, but I saw that stuff around. Christianity Today would have been more like at my friend's house kind of thing. Or World Magazine, if people know what that is. So I was aware, or the, and the certainly the Christian, you know, Zondervan and the Christian Booksellers Association, CBB and... Um, these different catalogs and stuff were around. So Walter Wengerin was a name. The Book of God got a lot of press. It was one of, for whatever reason, you know, you never quite know with these kinds of B-listers why certain books are the books that the publishers decide to put all their chips on. But yep. Book of God was one of them. And I guess the Bible as novel just was seemed catchy and they were hoping would be kind of sticky or whatever. And for all I know, it was. But in any case, I ended up with this book and really didn't like it. I, I don't think I finished it, but it was just like, well, this is kind of like reading the Bible, but he's added more detail, but it's fake detail that isn't really adding much. 
what he didn't do actually was take one story from the Bible, like say David and Goliath, and just develop a whole novel. You know, you could see you could argue about whether that would be a good or God honoring thing to do, but you could see how somebody could do that entertainingly. But what he did do is he took us through from Abraham all the way to Jesus and hit all the highlights and filled them in with some fake novelistic detail. And it was just like, this isn't doing so much to bring it to life, quote unquote, that I'm happy and feel like I'm reading a novel, but it's also detracting from what it would, what I'd be getting out of it if I was just reading the scripture. So I was just kind of confused by it. And that is my big baggage with Walter Wangeran. I thought that he was kind of confusing and full of himself or something. But I'm looking at the cover of the Book of God right now, and it says, from the National Book Award winning author of the Book of the Dun Cow. So I guess Dun Cow is like his big... It's his big thing. His big thing. I I don't remember much about Dun Cow. I, I know the people that know it, know it, and grew up with it, and it was like a touchstone for a lot of people. It wasn't for us. For whatever reason, I feel like I ran in those circles or was adjacent to those circles enough that it could have been a touchstone, but I didn't really remember it was a thing until we were reminded by our patron who asked us to do this. So that is my baggage with Book of the Dun Cow. Like I said, Brandon's going to come and do context next week, but do you want to get any like big thoughts about this baby out there? This episode has been entirely on point the whole time. You know what? I apologize for nothing. This is a fine, entertaining episode of The Booking. I'm... <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I'll say this. I'll say it's a lot of fun. It has some of the best action in any book we've read outside of maybe Dune. Mm-hmm. And it may be kind of awful in how it ends from a sort of... Uh, a moral standpoint but also really enjoyable just the same and i don't know it's a fun conceit i guess yeah i was thoroughly enraptured by it it drew me in i i get why people like it i get why jay wanted us to read it i'm glad that i read it i liked it i'm not convinced that if i thought about it for a long time i might not decide it was another till we have faces or something like that like the the symbolism and the moral conceit of the whole thing is so weird and feels like it's so close to being true, but also is just that deadly 4% off, very C.S. Lewis style. And at the end of the day, I wasn't sure that all the mystical elements didn't just appeal to the worst side of me. So I have very mixed feelings about it. I mean, on a most basic level, I enjoyed it. It kept me turning those pages. And like you said, it had it had good action. I mean, I thought of one other thing that is actually more analogous in its action and might be better, but is at least in the same ballpark, which is Ricky Ticky Tabby, which is with Dune, maybe one of the only other great action stories we've read on this podcast. Um, trying to think what other action we've even. I mean, maybe some isolated scenes from War and Peace or in a Karenina. Yeah, if Brandon was here, he'd say, What about the battle scenes in War yeah, and Peace? I was just uh, channeling Brandon, that's all. Yeah, those aren't. What really about the horse race scene. and the horse that's race? That's not really. Bronsky's, yeah, yeah. I I can't really, just off the top of my head, pull the story of the wolf. Oh, Chase. <laughs> yeah, 
That's pretty intense. That's more of a horror scene, really. It is. It's less of an action scene, but things are happening quickly. So Yeah, well, for that matter, the final demise of Dracula has got lots of horses and guns and knives. Yeah, and... but the, I would say in the battle with Cockatrice is about as engaging an extended action scene that I can think of that we've had. Yeah, it's, it's really it's good. It's just really cool. Really well done. Yeah. And he's not afraid to ladle on the gore, which is kind of interesting. But, I mean, he's not excessive or vile about it. But No, I don't think just, it's bad. It's just bloody. In that sense. Like it would be. <sighs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we should litigate this thing anymore without Brandon. You got it uh, I think we should wait. I think we should yeah. call it good. And yep. uh, see people next week. We'll do some context and then we'll litigate the book. Litigate, yep. Jake's favorite word. He's always always using that word. Always using it, making us say it. Yep. Okay. Well it's in Nathan's contract. Yeah, it actually is in my contract. If he doesn't say it at least three times an episode, then he's fired. Yep. Yep. And if Jake doesn't say it at least once an episode, then I get a twenty thousand dollar bonus. So it's it's uh, just how it is. That's should should we have gotten more litigation when we made this deal yeah probably Possibly. <laughs> but we never claim to be litigators we just litigate everything boy okay jake what part of wangaria do you think that robert and ronda the lovebirds should live in mm, they should probably live in the giant chicken coop downtown yep Arguably a, a waste of the taxpayers' money, but... <laughs> Arguably. <laughs> I mean, we bring in so much tourism, though. What are you going to do? We're Wang well, area. The city, it kind of works like a, a sort of hostel for people coming to mm -hmm. visit Wang area. So, I mean, this city may lose a little bit of money on it, but it's a driver of a revenue for the city to have free lodging for all the people who are coming to visit Wang area and spend their money on souvenirs bits and pieces of the house and that sort of thing eggs yeah. that may or may not be directly descended Which, by the from way the, if you've uh, seen the studies you can build like inspired the story you can you can build like 14 mansions from the pieces of walter wayne's house quote unquote that they've yeah. sold it's a sad uh some of this it's in the industry yeah it's, yeah, some, it's like some people don't even really care about book of duncow they just care about the money they can make off of it well and Arguably, the police are in the hands of certain, in the pockets of certain fake Wangerites. So, mm -hmm. yeah, fake Wangerites, those guys, <laughs> man. If we could drive them out of town, where do you think the artful Anthony Dodger should live? <laughs> On the porch with Mendo Cunny. Yep. Little Anthony Cigar Store could clean up here. I mean, there's nothing that people in Wangaria like better than cigar. The immortal Chelsea E. I mean, Pretty much everybody you say is going to go in the chicken coop one way or another. All right. Well, let me just uh, list a big uh, bunch of... And I'll just say chicken coop a bunch of yeah, times instead of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley, Lily chicken of the Valley, coop. Andrew and Esther chicken the Lovebirds, coop, Keith Matthews, Keith Matthews, Trucking. Sounds more ridiculous than saying Frankenstein. Chicken coop, chicken coop. Katie Urkel, Some kind of... Including Till We Have Faces. Hit auctioneer. Yeah. <laughs> Very gonna be wondering having his mother Somebody <laughs> should uh, sample this and make it into a song or something. Why hasn't anyone sampled us and made us into a song? Come on, 
Warhorn Media fans. Yeah, come on, guys. We got what talented is... musical people out there. You've drawn pictures and stuff. Chicken coop, chicken need... coop, chicken coop, chicken yep. coop. Console Prime Adam. Chicken coop, chicken coop, Maybe chicken coop. Chicken, chicken, chicken coop, chicken coop. Benny and Dan and Tibbs. Chicken, chicken coop. Chicken coop. Race Professor and Lady X. Chicken coop. Lavender's Green. Dylan. Dylan. Chicken coop. 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 Chicken Midnight Chicken Ninja Ellen, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Joy J, Rack and Ruin, Timothy the Writer's Son, Eric Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Maddie Maddie Matman, Sweet Jamie Sunshine, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Lord of the Keeper of Eternal Light, Cold Steel Cody, Jacqueline Lloyd, Brian Barbarian, John Bobadilla, Bomb Diggity, and Captain Tino's mate, Sex One Alex, the other Sex One Alex, and Dip Step, Danny Ryan, the Tire, Chicken Coop, Eric of Chicken Coop, who no longer are stuck in the cold, please send cheese. Ben Solo, Kyle Ren, John the Cosmic, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken Coop, Chicken uh, Matthew the Mind Flayer, Annie, are you okay? Get your Chicken gun, Coop. play the Valerie, Thor, Ragnar, Josh, Stephen, dot, 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 Pegalodon, Tristan Chicken for the Flower Hole, Lady of Chicken the Flower, Coop. Crystal Lake, Chicken in the Coop. Death of Marian, Lord of Death, A Man in Possession of an Emily is One of Nothing, Chicken Coop, Emily Nightshade, <clears throat> the Haunter of Dreams, By the River, yeah, not in a van, not in a van, just down by the river, boy, I hated myself when I said not in a van just now, mm-hmm. but I thought that somebody had to fall on that grenade. Everyone appreciates you doing it. You are the hero, the, the worthy one. I am the. Somebody give him the super soldier serum. Somebody give me the super soldier serum. All about the Benjamin. Chicken Coop. Our old slash new friend, the mysterious Phantom. Now a supporter uh, of the show. Remember? What, uh, worm's Hole. Worm's Hole. The, the Wormhole. Yeah. If you've never gotten a drink at the Wormhole, then <laughs> you're missing out. That's like the highlight of Wangaria. You can get uh, what some clever portmanteau of cockatrice and cocktail. The cockatrice tail? The cockatrice tail. Yeah, it's de- that's delicious. You can, I don't know. I'm sure we could name other punny drinks from the book of the, the Dun Cow. But, but we'll save them for the next episode. We'll save them for the next episode. All right. Thank you for listening, folks. And what can we say? But you're welcome. Another week of... High quality content. Hey, being a little sarcastic because it wasn't exactly literary content, but I oh come on, this is going to be one of your favorite episodes of all time, guys. This, this if you listen to one. it, just admit it. This was a fun one. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased. In your face, Brandon. We love you. Come back to us soon. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>